KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. June is Pride Month, so our Midday Movies critics have decided to start the month off with a selection of LGBTQ films to watch. So joining me once again is KPBS cinema junkie Beth Accomando. Hello, Beth. Hello. And MovieWellers critic and podcaster Yazdi Pithavala. And Yazdi, welcome. Thank you, Maureen. Happy to be here. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. You each have brought three titles to share, but Yazdi, apparently it was a difficult task to narrow it down to just three. It was. I mentioned to Beth that no problem, I can come up with three movies. And then I started making a list and soon my list was 10 films and then 15 and then 20. And (laughs) the more I thought about it, the worse it got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it, it is true because it didn't all start with Brokeback Mountain. There is actually a huge catalog of LGBTQ films to choose from, including the landmark films like Boys in the Band, Longtime Companion, Parting Glances. Those are the films that paved the way for more recent films such as Carol and Moonlight. And for a consideration of LGBTQ images on film, there is the fabulous documentary. I love this movie, The Celluloid Closet. It finds gay subtexts and not so subtexts <laughs> in films from very early Hollywood. So, but today we have our critics' picks for those few films worth checking out for Pride. And Beth, what do you want to start with? All right, I had an equally hard time, but. For Pride, there was one very simple film that I had to go to. I was looking for films that had kind of a certain celebratory quality rather than ones that dealt with struggles or serious social issues. So for me, I can't think of a better place to start than with John Waters, Divine, and Pink Flamingos from 1972. Of course. (laughs) This is like a cocktail Molotov thrown into the culture war that was coming out of the 1960s. I love this film so much. Here's a classic scene with Divine, who brags about being the filthiest person alive. Give me more questions. Divine, are you a lesbian? Yes, I have done everything. Does blood turn you on? It does more than turn me on, Mr. Vader. It makes me And more than the sight of it, I love the taste of it. The taste of hot, freshly killed blood. Could you give us some of your political beliefs? Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. Take whatever you like. 
So I can't do a pride list without Divine. Plus, for me, this film and John Waters represent what I consider queer filmmaking or a queer sensibility, which I see as different from films that have more of what I would say is a gay sensibility. And the difference for me is that a queer sensibility is not just about showing LGBTQ people, but about directly challenging the status quo, both in terms of the content and Importantly, too, is the style of filmmaking. So there's something more subversive and provocative, I think, about films that John Waters does, as well as films like by Fassbender, Greg Araki, Todd Haynes, and Terrence Davies. So this is the best place, I think, you can start celebrating Pride. And Yasti, where would you like to start your long list? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, similar to what you said earlier, Maureen, um, I wanted to avoid movies which are already celebrated. So, you know, movies by Almodovar or Call Me By Your Name or Brokeback Mountain or even Booksmart from a couple of years ago. And I wanted to go with smaller movies which uh, need more championing. And the first film that I wanted to pick was the movie A Single Man. And I like this movie because when most LGBTQ films are about two people meeting and connecting, this one asks what happens after This is Tom Ford's directorial debut, and hence it's no surprise that it's impossibly stylish. But the movie is also aching and wistful. And Colin Firth, in an Academy Award-nominated role, plays an English professor recovering from the death of his partner. It's been a year, and as he's overcome with crippling grief, he turns to the people in the orbit of his life in Los Angeles and starts questioning his decisions. It's just a very beautiful, smart wise film and I really love it. Uh, And here is a clip from A Single Man and it's a clip where we get to know the Colin Firth character. Here he is in class talking about minority representation. Minority is only thought of as one when it constitutes some kind of threat to the majority, a real threat or an imagined one. And therein lies the fear. And if that minority is somehow invisible, and the fear is much greater. That fear is why the minority is persecuted. And so you see, there always is a cause. The cause is fear. Minorities are just people. People like us. I can see I've lost you a bit. So I'll tell you what, we're gonna forget about Mr. Huxley today. And we're gonna talk about fear. Fear, after all, is our real enemy. Fear is taking over our world. Fear is being used as a tool of manipulation in our society. It's our politicians peddle policy. It's how Madison Avenue sells us things you don't need. Think about it. The fear of being attacked. The fear that there are communists lurking around every corner. The fear that some little Caribbean country that doesn't believe in our way of life poses a threat to us. The fear that black culture may take over the world. The fear of Elvis Presley's hips. Actually, maybe that one is a real fear. And so that's a single man. And as you said, Colin Firth won an Oscar nomination for that role. It's a movie I haven't seen, but you make me want to see it, Yazdi. (laughs) Oh, it's definitely worth checking out. Beth, for your next pick, you have a film that was probably kind of under the Academy radar or the mainstream radar entirely. And that is The Watermelon Woman. 
Yes, I really love this film. It's a wildly inventive and provocative film from Cheryl Dunye. And I almost picked Wong Kar Wai's Happy Together, but that film is anything but happy. So I also wanted to include a woman's perspective. So I went with this, The Watermelon Woman. And just the title alone kind of pushes buttons in how it reminds us of racial stereotypes. So back in 1996, Dunye was the first black lesbian filmmaker to direct and release a feature film. And she was part of what was considered the new queer cinema movement of the 1990s. And this was her debut feature. So she has a really distinctive narrative style that blurs the line between reality and fiction. And in this film, she addresses the camera and she places herself in the narrative. And here's a scene where she plays her own alter ego and explains her fascination with a black actress she discovers in an old film she finds on VHS. Her name, The Watermelon Woman. That's right, Watermelon Woman. Is Watermelon Woman her first name, her last name, or is it her whole name? I don't know, but girlfriend has it going on, and I think I've figured out what my project's gonna be on. I'm gonna make a movie about her. I'm gonna find out what her real name is, who she was and is, everything I can find out about her. Because something in her face, something in the way she looks and moves is, is serious, is interesting. And I'm gonna just tell you all about it. And I just love this film and really think it deserves to be seen by more people. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. You're listening to the June Pride edition of Midday Movies on Midday Edition with film critics Beth Accomando and Yazdi Pathavala. Yazdi, your next pick takes us to a foreign country. We're going to Brazil. So what do you have for us? I have the movie The Way He Looks. And Maureen, we love the films we do, sometimes irrationally so. And this is that film for me. In my mind, this movie does everything right. It was Brazil's 2014 submission for Best Foreign Film for the Oscars. And it tells the story of a blind teenage boy, Leo, who sees the world through the eyes of his best friend, since childhood, Giovanna. You can tell how she feels about him just by looking at her face. Enter the amiable new student at school, Gabriel, and Leo and Giovanna's friendship will need to be restructured. How many times in life has our relationship with somebody changed by the necessary introduction of a third person into that construct? So this simple triangle of characters makes for the most honest coming-of-age films that I've ever seen. This movie is a warm, aching hug of a film. I would really recommend that everybody seek this out. It's just a few dollars available for streaming on Amazon and and Apple Plus and so forth. Definitely worth checking out for Pride. It's called The Way He Looks. You make it sound remarkable, Yazdi. And you have another foreign film. Well, kind of foreign. It's from England. (laughs) Tell us about it. Yes, my last pick is the movie My Beautiful Laundrette. This movie is a little rough around the edges, but I remember from a historical perspective that when this first film came out in 1985, it was talked about in hushed tones for its very honest depiction of homosexuality. It treats its central two characters as being gay and makes no big deal about it, which was so foreign at that particular time in the early 80s. 
The movie stars a very young Daniel Day-Lewis as the punk bad boy who uh, makes a Pakistani immigrant kid in London question his place in his own family and the world. It speaks to racism, doing what you want versus what the world asks of you, and just finding your identity. Um, and, and here's a scene from the film where Daniel Day-Lewis's friends confront him for kind of having lost his way and working for Pakistanis who are, you know, clearly a minority in, in Britain at that time. So the movie really very upfront deals with issues of minority representation and assimilation. Leave it out! Why are you working for these people? Packies. It's work, that's why. I want to do some work for a change instead of all this hanging around. What, you're jealous? No, I'm angry, Johnny. I don't like to see one of our blokes groveling to Packies. But they came over here to work for us. That's why we brought them over, okay? Look, don't cut yourself off from your own people. Look, there's no one else who really wants you. Everyone has to belong. This movie may not hold up very well by current standards, but for what it was able to do at that time in movie history, it's pretty remarkable. My Beautiful Laundrette, it's a brilliant film, but it's a little grittier than Beth's final pick. Tell us about it, Beth. Yes, I wanted to go out with something that just feels like a celebration, and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, just brings me joy every time I watch it. It does not ignore harsh realities, but it concludes with a sense of inclusion and triumph that just feels great. And... Terrence Stamp's performance as an aging drag queen and transgender woman is worth the price of admission alone. I wish I could play the clip of my favorite line of Bernadette's, but I think it violates a bunch of FCC standards. So I will go with something that's a little more serious from Bernadette. It's funny. <laughs> we all sit around mindlessly <laughs> off that vile stinkhole of a city. But in its own strange way, it takes care of us. I don't know if that ugly wall of suburbia has been put there to stop them getting in or us getting out. <laughs> Come on. Don't let it drag you down. Let it toughen you up. I can only fight because I've learned to. Being a man one day and a woman the next is an easy thing to do. And I know that we're now at a place where we want to see more trans people playing trans roles, but I think Stamp's performance is really exceptional, and it reflects where we've come from and where we still need to go in terms of screen representation, and I just find Priscilla, Queen of the Desert such a wonderful, delightful film. Well, I want to thank you both for sharing some of your favorite LGBTQ films with us. And to alleviate any lasting Yazdi guilt about picking only three films, you can find his and Beth's 10 best list of films, probably not enough even for Yazdi, <laughs> uh, for Pride <laughs> at kpbs.org slash cinema junkie. And Yazdi and Beth, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.